I'm Maeve Doyle and this is A Private View, a podcast series featuring interviews with key figures in the art world, the art market, artists, curators, critics, auction house experts, art dealers, gallerists, curators, and other individuals who are redefining and reshaping the world of art as we know it. This is a special podcast series on the rise of street art. I'm going to tell you a few facts about Jean-Michel Basquiat. Jean-Michel Basquiat was born on the 22nd of December, 1960. He was born in Brooklyn. His uh, father was Haitian. His mother was Puerto Rican. His father was an accountant. I don't know much more about his mother other than she encouraged her young son to draw and paint and uh, be creative, which created a little bit of conflict uh, with his father, his father who definitely was conscious of earning a living and making money. This uh, underscores one of the points that I always draw attention to, that when you when you are born outside of a, an art community, people aren't always aware that the art world is an industry. So he would have had that struggle that actually art isn't always a hobby, that it can be a business. So Jean-Michel Basquiat uh, wasn't with us for a long time, but made a massive impact on the art world. He died in, he was born in 1960, as I said before, and he died in 1998 from an acute mixture of opiates and cocaine. Part of what caused his decline, I or the way it's documented in history, is uh, Andy Warhol had died earlier, and he took that as a blow. This traces back to his family. I mean, suffering disapproval from his father, who was an accountant, and a father who didn't really understand the choices his son had made. Basquiat found a father figure in Andy Warhol, and even to this day, books are coming out about their relationship. One of the books that came out in... 2019 was by Michael Herman, who works at the Warhol Foundation, and it was about their friendship. And when the Warhol retrospective opens at the Tate Modern this year, there will be nods and and examples of Basquiat's work too. So Basquiat was uh, documented in a film called The Radiant Child by Tamara Davis. It is said that one of his first pieces sold to Deborah Harry and Chris Stein from the group Blondie for $100 in New York in 1980. Uh, These are the great stories that not only define a time, but show you the way the artist evolved, evolved in his career. In 1982, which is considered one of the best years for Basquiat's work, uh, Basquiat traveled to Los Angeles and had a show at Larry Gagosian's gallery. Larry Gagosian was an outsider himself at the time. Uh, Larry thought that if they took Jean-Michel out of New York, which was a party scene, a party scene albeit of 500 people, uh, Herring, Madonna, Debbie Harry, Richard Hampleton, and brought him to a quieter location like Los Angeles that he would work, and he did work. Uh, He worked He did his best work while he was in Los Angeles. One of the interesting people he met along the way was a studio assistant to Larry Gagosian named Matt Dyke. Matt Dyke later went on to produce the Beastie Boys' Paul's Boutique when they couldn't get it produced in New York. Uh, But he was a studio assistant to Gagosian at the time, and his job was to take care of Basquiat. I mention this now because last year... 
the estate of Matt Dyke, who from Delicious Vinyl, who passed away the year earlier, went to auction at Phillips and hundreds of unseen baskets that Jean-Michel was giving Matt Dyke were in this auction and the world was very excited about it. Uh, he wasn't one of the people like a lot of them who had to sell the works of Jean-Michel. So these stories about one man, about Jean-Michel Basquiat living in New York in the 80s, don't go away. He's a, an emblem of culture. So he was the youngest artist to be invited to participate in Documenta 7, and that was in 1992. He showed alongside Gerhard Richter, David Sally, Andy Warhol, and Jenny Holzer. If you've listened to any of A Private View and, and any of these podcasts, you'll know that the art world is about relationships, and Basquiat had a charm and a charisma that made making good relationships with people easy for him. Warhol wanted to be seen with him. He wanted to help him out. It was good for Warhol to be seen with Basquiat. It made him look young and current. Um, you can imagine all the ways that they inspired each other. One of the artist exhibitions that happened was at Fun Gallery. And when that went down in 1982, he was on the cover of Interview Magazine, one of Andy's magazines, one that he influenced, and he instantly became what is known as an art star. Before that, I can think of Warhol being an art star and perhaps Jackson Pollock, and now it was Jean-Michel Basquiat. Um, he produced a rap record with Fred Braithwaite. He also was part of a musical group called, a musical group, a, a group called Grey, and they did terrific, incredible music. I encourage you to listen to pieces like Eight Hour Religion by Gray. It's John Michelle Basquiat and Nick Taylor. It's, you can hear the music on the documentary about them. After Jean Michel died, something in the art world happens that was new. And what the art world is, is it's a changing place. The estate of Jean-Michel Basquiat, which was run by his father, who is an accountant, started releasing prints of Jean-Michel's work untouched by the hand of the artist. Now, there's a lot of questionable ethics around this practice. They were very questionable until the pieces went to auction, and we found out that the market really didn't care. The The bids were high, and everybody wanted a Basquiat, whether it was produced by the hand of the artist or if it was from the estate. Uh, anything that could connect a collector to Basquiat was something they wanted. So I think that he'll continue to get bigger and bigger, and... Um, if you can get your hands on a Basquiat, do it. Key selling points. Basquiat's, the Basquiat market has gone up by a remarkable 1.506% since 2010. That's a lot of years. I mean, more than 20 years after he died, his market has gone up by 1.506%. Larry Gagosian got Basquiat to do a set of prints in the 80s. Larry, being the visionary dealer that he is, and also an outsider, he could see that the the market would last after the artist died and, um, and almost ensured it by getting him to do prints. Basquiat's one of the artists who was launched to a superstardom during his lifetime. 
1982 first solo show made him an art star. So at this time, we start looking at the artist as a personality, the artist as a movie star. Uh, Jeff Koons has a similar quality to him. Cause has a similar quality to him. Basquiat was collected by major museums and institutions. That's a key selling point. Major museums and institutions will not let an artist's work devalue. It just won't happen. They'll do everything they can do to make sure the artist's price and reputation stays current and important. Uh, Basquiat, by his early 20s, was recognized as one of the most important artists as of his generation. There's a lot more to say, there's a lot more to see, there's a lot more to look at at Basquiat, but that will be my taster for today. That was on Jean-Michel Basquiat and the rise of street art. Until next time, thank you for listening. You've been listening to A Private View with me, Maeve Doyle. I'm Maddox Gallery's artistic director. I'm also BBC Radio London art critic. I'm a curator for Padelate. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, check out the Maddox Gallery website for easy updates. Follow me on Instagram at mavedoyle.art. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Bye for now.